Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I'm so excited to tell everyone today about my new logo. If you go on to Blog Talk Radio or my website, BernadetteWalsh.com, or our Facebook fan page, you will see the new logo, and it was done by the very, very talented Valerie Tibbs of Tibbs Design. So I'm so excited. Please check that out. And um, so now you can look at a really cute logo instead of my big fat head. Um, also wanted to tell everyone that I'm also very excited about the release of The Devil and Witch. I know I've been talking about The Devil and Witch coming out all summer long, but it's finally been released by Lyrical Press, and it's now available on Amazon, The Nook, Kobo, iTunes. It's available everywhere, and it's only $3.99. So please, please check out The Devil and Witch. And I've gotten some really, really nice reviews already, and you can check out those on BernadetteWalsh.com. Anyway, I am so pleased this evening to introduce my guest, Sydney Bristol. Sydney is a recovering roller derby queen, a former missionary, and a tattoo addict. Sydney currently lives in Texas and writes contemporary erotic romance, romantic suspense, and paranormal romance. She has several titles published by Laura's Cave, and her titles include Under His Skin and Bound with Pearls. So welcome, Sydney, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm so pleased you could join me this evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is actually a little later than I usually do my shows, but I've had a big cup of tea, so I have lots of caffeine, and I'm going to try and keep my my energy up. Um, But maybe you can tell us a little bit about how one goes from being a roller derby queen to a missionary (laughs) to a romance novel. That I think is the most interesting uh, career arc I've I've heard from any of my guests so far. <laughs> well, I actually started out um, doing the missionary work uh, as a child. I grew up traveling all over the United States, and we would always um, just help out in the local community whenever we were at different rodeo sites. So whenever I got into high school, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to Nepal. And then my Nepal trip got canceled, so I got sent to Russia, and that just it, it just really introduced me to um, to seeing the world in new eyes, to to really helping people. I really enjoyed it. So um, I did a stint in college, both in Thailand and again in Russia, where I went. And I, I mostly worked with orphans. Um, we would rebuild rebuild buildings and teach them things, and it was a very it was a very um, Character building experience. That's what we like to call uh, call it. Whenever um, you have to use what's called a squatty potty, that's a different experience. Um, oh after that, God. I of course, <laughs> yes, the squatty potty. I believe there is a picture on my website. If someone really, really wants to know what a squatty potty looks like, mm, it's exciting. No, it's not. Um, I went to. I went. I started playing roller derby after college. So after all the missionary work. Um, I decided I'm going to settle down, I'm going to get an office job, and I need something else to do with myself. So I joined a a local roller derby league because someone told me I looked like a roller derby girl. I figured, well, I need new friends, so I'm going to go play roller derby. So I played roller derby for two years. I had seven concussions, a broken hand, and uh, pretty sure I knocked at least one one of my teeth loose for a little while. My mother was really not happy about that at Christmas. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh! Well, you certainly get your all your aggression out. I didn't even know. Um, I didn't even know they they still had roller derby. Like, was it professional or was it just you know something you did for fun? Um, all roller derby right now is really grassroots. Uh, grassroots. It's usually based out of out of Texas. The Texas roller girls down in Austin are the are the ones that are really credited with. Um, with really restarting the sport and getting it out in front of people. They made a movie a couple of years ago right after I, I retired, um, and it really it really just invigorated it. And roller derby leagues right now are all over the world. There are several different leagues. Um, people travel. There are huge championship games. I mean, I traveled to one, and it was crazy. There were hundreds of girls on roller skates and lots and lots of fishnets, so... It was an experience. <laughs> so then you retired from that, and that led you to romance? Um, yeah, actually, um, I, I left roller derby with a really bad concussion, and I was reco- physically I was recovering, and um, I, was, I was really just bored out of my mind. I had nothing else to do. November was coming up, and anybody who's a rider has probably heard of this event called National Novel Writing Month. It's put on by um, by the Foundation of Letters and White, and the entire idea is that you write 50,000 words during the month of November. 50,000 words is, is a lot. It's, it's a good amount for anyone to be able to write in one month, um, and the idea that you're doing with a lot of people is very encouraging. And so um, I used that time to really get plugged into my local writing community. I started writing a book that it, to this day has never been finished and probably will never be finished, and that's not a bad thing. Um, and yet it just it really snowballed from there. I, I was writing epic fantasy. My friend said, hey, you should try writing a romance. And I said, me, romance, never. And then I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, so so you wrote, so you had your um, your first book, which was it sounds like your learning experience, and you very wisely got rid of your learning experience, or at least you know hid it under your bed so it didn't see the light of day, which probably most people should do, but um, most writers I think do what I did, which was I sent it out to the world way before it was ready to see the light of day. So, but you now your second book was a romance, and you sold that to who? Um, actually, the second book was not a romance. I probably wrote about three or four before I actually wrote a true romance, which was, the first true romance was Flirting with Rescue, and that one is through Laura's Cave. Before that, mm-hmm. it was all epic fantasy and science fiction, because that's what I grew up reading, and that's why that's what I thought I could write. I didn't think that I could be a romance writer. I'm not anywhere near romantic enough. I just I just couldn't do that. My friend said, hey, you know what? The best thing that you write are these little tiny romantic arcs. That's what we're reading, these huge behemoth books that no one has any business reading. That's what we're really interested in. So um, I took that and said, okay, I'm going to write a short story because everybody says I should. I wrote a short story. Everybody loves it. I sent it it in for a pitch contest. Didn't think anything would come of it. And I locked into my editor, Laura's Cave, and we've had a great relationship since then. And now how many books have you pu- had published with the Laura's Cave? Oh, gosh, let's see. Um, probably six or seven um, that, are either, that are either out right now or going to be out soon. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Now, do you have... Um, any books published with any other publishers, or do you, have you self-published anything? 
I have not self-published anything yet. Um, I think that in the future I'm going to revisit my love of sci-fi and do some um, some more erotic sci-fi writing um, as self-published. Uh, for now, the other things I have, um, I do have one book with Lyrical Press that is a science fiction. It's called Kiss for a Cure. I have um, an upcoming Christmas book with um, Talesian Press. It's uh, I call it um, it's my zombies. My my Christmas zombie book. It's really entertaining. I don't think it has a settled title yet, um, but that one should be a lot of fun. Wow! And and so you've been able to incorporate your love of sci-fi with with romance, and I think that's that's what a lot of people are doing. There's so many um, cross genres now of romance. I, you know, growing up, I always thought of romance as the Harlequins, right? That my mom would read. Mm-hmm. But now there's so much more. And, again, I was kind of the same way. Oh, I, I would never write a romance. But, you know, romance now, is, it's so rich, and there's there's so many things you can do with it. And I think I I was similar in the sense that I'm not a particularly romantic person or, um, you, you know, I'm not a very sensitive person. So I really mm-hmm. didn't think I had any business writing a romance. And my first book was a humorous romance, so I didn't, you know, I, it wasn't one of those, you know, run into the sunset. It was more of a funny romance. But, mm-hmm. you know, as you get into it, I think sometimes you discover things about yourself as you're writing. And so in my writing, I'm actually very passionate and emotional, much more than I am in my, you know, my day-to-day life. So, you know, it sounds like you were maybe able to explore different aspects of yourself as you, you know, as you developed as a writer, do you think that's that's accurate? Oh, very. Oh, yeah, very, very true. I think with each book, um, with each book, something different of myself I put into each book, and I learned something. Um, the book I, I just had one that I just had one come out called "The Harder He Falls," and in it, the heroine is um, she's the primary caregiver for her grandmother who has uh, who's in some of the latter stages of Alzheimer's. And I wrote that based on my experience with my grandfather. And I, I discovered through writing her difficulty caring for her grandmother and, and having to make some difficult de- decisions, I learned um, a lot about a lot a lot about a lot about myself and about how I grew and um and really learned about my family through the experiences with my grandfather. Um and it's with every book. You, there's always something, something new that you find about yourself. Some, some way that you push yourself a little bit more. Um, yeah, I really, I, I completely agree. I'm sorry, Sydney. You're, you're breaking up a little bit. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were breaking up a little bit, but hopefully, hopefully, um, you came out okay on on the radio. No, I, you know, I, and that's what I think is so interesting about romance. Again. Growing up, you think it's the you know the bodice ripper or you know a very very simple story, but now you can incorporate other other storylines such as dealing mm-hmm. with Alzheimer's or you know in my second book, The House on Prospect, which you know is either characterized as a women's fiction or a contemporary romance, but that was really about a woman dealing with her estranged mother and her estranged mother was dying of cancer and it's really about the last three months of her life. But yet it's also a romance. You know, it's about the woman and her, mm-hmm. her disintegrating marriage and then how she meets someone new. And so, you know, it, I, like I said, I think there's so much opportunity to include other storylines and to include so much more of yourself 
in romance as opposed to what, you know, people who don't read romance think romance is, which is just, you know, maybe Fifty Shades or, you know, or something that doesn't have, you know, other, deal with other parts of life, you know, more serious parts of life. Now, are all of your books um, erotic? Are they, you know, what is the, what's the steam le- steamy level of your of your books? My books are, are all very steamy. Um, I came into reading romance um, with with a very hot heat level, and so that's always what I read, and it was what I was comfortable with. And um, I've just always been I've always been a fan of the more frank, more honest, uh, more honest speech patterns that's typical in the erotic market. So. I've always I've always used all the naughty words. They're all in my book. Um, if anything makes you blush, might not. <laughs> my books are the ones that make you blush. <laughs> and so you were able to just write write the really hot stuff out of the gate. Yeah, you know, I mean, cause that's, that's what I'd read. That's what I was I was used to. Um, you know, so I, it just it just made sense to me. I was just. You know, in order for me to learn how to write a sex scene, I pulled off you know my fa- my five favorite books from my shelf, and I I went through and I you know I I took notes on on how they on how they wrote sex scenes and how what I would do differently, and that you know I just I taught myself going through and studying what other people that I I enjoyed reading what they had done, and I just kind of <laughs> created my own my own my own style, my own flow, and how I how I prefer to write the um the more steamy scenes. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, well, you know, I'm always very impressed when writers come out of the gate writing the really hot stuff because that was definitely the biggest hurdle that I had. My first two books were very, you know, kiss and close the door. And mm-hmm. I you know, but I felt like they were missing a dimension and I wanted to explore like you said the franker discussions. Um, and the more adult discussions, but it was really, really hard for me, really hard. And I did exactly what you did. I just went and downloaded, you know, ten of the filthiest books. And I know we're not supposed to call, <laughs> you know, erotica filthy, but the stuff I did, I almost had to go like beyond anything I would ever really mm-hmm. write myself. I had to just almost desensitize myself to it so that I could write those words and not, you know. Not not blush, <laughs> or not blush blush too much. But um, now, did did you have any kind of reaction from your fan, friends and family, you know, negatively about about writing rom- this type of romance? Um, anybody who has reacted negatively has thankfully not done it anywhere near me or my family. Um, I am extremely extremely lucky that despite living in Texas, where it's very very conservative. My family has been nothing but positive. Um, the very, very first year I was published, I will never forget, I walked into my grandmother's for for Christmas Eve, and I had, I'd only told my, my parents about my writing, that I just had my first book contracted, it wasn't out yet. I walked into, into the house, and my cousin says, hello, Sydney, and Sydney is not my real name. And so I'm, I'm, I'm standing in the front door, and I'm staring at him, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, oh, my God, how does he know? And my mother turns around, and she's, she has this very proud smile on her face, and she begins going, yes, this is my daughter, Sydney Bristol. She writes romance, and she is telling my entire family in this incredibly proud and just very boisterous kind of manner all about what I'm writing and what I'm doing and how amazing it is. So, I think a lot of it's been that my parents have really paved the way that 
this is a positive thing. And who in the world is going to tell my parents that I am doing anything that's not perfectly right after they are so proud of me? <laughs> so I have the best people in my corner as far as being positive about it. Um, you know, I'm sure that I've had friends or there, there are people in my life who who aren't comfortable with it. But, you know, it's not something that we have to talk about. So I'm I'm more than fine leaving that as something that, we, that I don't talk about with some of my friends just depending on their comfort level. I usually let other people bring that before I do. Right, right, right. And it's also people have very different tastes. I, I think, you know, your taste in reading is very personal to you. And so I've had people who are like, oh, you know, I really feel bad that I haven't read your book yet. Or, you know, and, and making excuses, they almost feel awkward that they haven't read, mm-hmm. like, all six of my books. And now the first thing is a lot of people don't read, you know, or a lot of people read one or two mm-hmm. books a year. I'm, You know, I'm a, I've always been a big reader, so I kind of don't understand that. But it's I think that's true. You know, people are busy, especially, you know, they have family and they work commitments. So I, I always tell people, I was like, do not feel weird about, you know, or feel compelled to read my books. I mean, I tell you about my books. They're available. Uh, and re- read them if you want. You know what I mean? And I think you almost have to have, you know, like I said, I, th- I, I certainly would never pressure people to read my book. And a lot of people, I've had really close friends who love one of my books because I, I hop around genres. So I've had some friends who love my hotter paranormal romance series and think my other ones are like, eh. And then I've had other friends who love, you know, the, the kiss and close the door books. And we're not comfortable with the hotter stuff. So, you know, it's you, you kind of have to write what's in your heart and put it out there. And, you know, like I said, uh, if friends want to talk about it, I'm always open to it. But I, I never try and, and pressure them. And like you said, I've, I've gotten a couple of – people have flagged me off a little bit about writing this stuff. But, you know, it's all in good fun. I've certainly – I don't – I've never had anyone really judge me. Or, or like you said, they haven't done it to my face anyway. So – um, well, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what kind of promotional activities you've done and, um, you know, what do you think some of the challenges are in promoting books when they're only available digitally and not available in paper? You know, I've actually found that most people that I'm coming into contact with these days, um, they don't really want paper books anymore. Uh, I actually, um, I also do write some BDSM themes books um and i myself and a couple of, of other local authors we went to a big kink convention that's local here and we they let us set up and we had a table and we all had print books none of us sold a single print book the entire time um, people are actually coming by taking our cards and i had five or six people come by my table and say hey here's my kindle find i want to find this book on here just plug it in and they bought it right in front of me um you know People are carrying their their Kindles and their Nooks and all the, whatever it is they use as an e-reader. They're carrying it around their pocket. You know, if if you if I'm they sorry, want to download, you there? right? Yes, you're breaking can up you hear again. Me? Oh, uh oh. <laughs> uh, oh no, you're back. Strange. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you know strange. it's. It, I know. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's my phone this time. I had problems on my last show, but anyway. Um, yeah, no. I you know I I my books are only available electronically, and. You know, I personally only buy books off my Kindle or my I read it on my iPad. I, uh, you know, I, I went a couple of years ago and th- donated bag after bag of books to my local library and just wanted to get rid of paper because I, I, I just love my digital reader so much. But I think it's been a little difficult in terms of promotion because there's a lot of local writer events that I really can't participate in 
because I don't have a book to sell, you know, so um, mm-hmm. so it's a little hard. But it sounds like, so you have some books that are available on paper as well as electronically, is that right? Yes, I have two books that are available in print and the rest are all digital. Oh, okay, okay. And, um, you know, Laura's Cave is, is definitely, I mean, I think it was really in the forefront of popularizing erotica and also ebooks. Um what has been your experience with Alora's Cave in terms of, you know, promotional activities? Do do they organize certain promotional activities with their authors or they do have some things that are available to the authors. There are monthly monthly chats, there are several email loops. They do a really good job about tweeting and pinning things online. Um but you know, I think that there's there's a certain prestige that comes with being an Alora's Cave author because you do get that banner on your book and people automatically um, they automatically have that visual recognition of what to expect whenever they're going to read your book. So um, that and also Romanicon, which is their big conference, that's been a blast to attend. Have you um, attended many uh, you know uh, romance conferences? Have you gone to RWA? Are you a member of RWA? I am a member of RWA. I have not gotten the chance to go to the conference. I'm hoping to go next year. Oh, next year because it's in your your backyard. It's in San Antonio, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. Yep, it is in my backyard. I can I can get off work and drive and make the first event. <laughs> Although I will tell you, two years ago it was in New York, and I, I live in New York, so it was in my backyard. And I signed up for it. I booked a hotel for two two nights. I was going to leave my family. Um, I live about an hour outside of New York City. And when you know it, uh, work things came up. It turns out I didn't get to stay over in the hotel with everyone. I went to one day, one day of events. So I told my husband this year, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go, because I've never been to Texas. I was like, I'm going to San Antonio next year. I'm hoping to finish my book so I can pitch it to agents. Um, and I'm going to be far, far away. And so if I'm on a plane, work can't get to me. It has to be an actual vacation. So I am really, really looking forward to going next year to RWA. Um, and so maybe we can even meet up and you can, I don't know, take me to a roller derby in San Antonio. <laughs> and San Antonio has a big league down there, and there's so much to do in San Antonio. It's a great city to host RWA. There's so much to do there with the Riverwalk and all of the um, – all the haunted hotels. People don't know about the haunted hotels in San Antonio, but they are amazing. So if you're if you're a big ghost buff person, it's a place. It's one of the places to go. Well, as a paranormal romance writer, I guess I have to. I have to explore some um, haunted hotels. I don't know that I'll actually stay in one, but maybe maybe I'll walk <laughs> through and have coffee. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about hopping genres. You know, you, you said you, you've incorporated romantic suspense, you've done paranormal romance. You know, maybe you could tell us how that um how you how you um promote different genres or you know, do you think it's been beneficial or do you think it's cuz you know, there's different schools of thought. Some people think you should pick a genre and stick with it and really build your your fan base there. And then other people are like me who think you should write what's in your heart and you know, to hell with what the career plan is, write what you want to write. Where where do you fall? <laughs> Um, I fall in that, you know, I have to write what I enjoy. I have to write things that I'm passionate about and things that I love, or else it's just it's going to get gross stale. I'm going to become tired of it. 
and I'm going to want to stop. And I, I love writing too much to get to that point. So um, that's, that's why I choose to write different genres because it makes it interesting for me. I can always think forward to, oh, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to have secret agents or, oh, I'm going to write this one and I'm going to do like Sharknado meets Sharktopus with zombies and I, it, it's going to be crazy. Um, so I need that variety. And I also think that um, it, it's very dependent on the author. Some authors, they want to stay in one genre, they want to have one brand, and that works for them, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I also think that most readers um, most readers read in many different genres, and if they know that, you know, for me, people know that I write very broken characters who 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 are in a process of growth. So you're going to get someone tormented who overcomes something really hard and they fall in love. And that's going to happen no matter what the setting or what the, what the trappings of, of the world are. And so they, they, they identify with that story. And so they know, you know, regardless of, of the setting or what the characters do, that's what they're going to get. All right. Well, that's very interesting that you say that because I, I also have hopped around genres, but I think a lot of my uh, books similarly have very similar themes. You know, I tend mm-hmm. to deal with women in midlife who are dealing with a crisis in their life and, and, and how they deal with that. And I also um, pull a lot from my own uh, personal background. A lot of my books are either set in, in New York, where I'm from, or they're set in Ireland, where my parents are from, my husband's from, and I have a lot of family here, history there, and I've always just had an affinity there. So, again, I can pull in those themes, uh, whether it's a contemporary romance or a paranormal romance or, you know, a, a family saga women's fiction. But I think, you know, I, I think you're right. I think you have to write what's, what you feel compelled to write and what interests you. And, you know, I, I think writers or readers are a little more forgiving. If they like a, if they like a writer, they'll follow them through their different genres. So, um so it sounds like you're you're really um incorporating a lot of interesting things and I and I think your um sci-fi sounds really really interesting. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about what your some of your upcoming books uh or maybe even um what's what's one of your favorite books? Like what what book you know, we all love all of our books. It's it's kind of like saying, you know, which child do you like <laughs> for to a mother? But I think there's always one book that maybe you identify more with. Is there is there one like that for you? Oh, of course. I, yeah, everybody has that book. And for me, it's a book called Under His Skin. It is the first in my sewing series. It's about female tattoo artists in Texas who fall in love. The and also it, it, it's it's a lot of different things together, but um, that book for me, um, I wrote that one when uh, I had a death in the family, and so I sat down. I was there. I was I was I was grieving, and I literally wrote the entire book in about three weeks. And I put a lot of myself into that book. I put I put just a lot of raw emotion into it. And to this day, I can still read through that book, and I love it. And oh, I love it even they, more because we have lost you. Have you? Are you there? No, I'm here. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with my phone. I'm so sorry. Okay. Are you there now? I am here. You're breaking up a little on me. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder if it's our phone or it's um it's something happening with blog talk. I don't know. Um but you're you're sounding kind of echoey now. Or I'm sounding echoey. Uh oh. I Uh-oh. everything sounds good to me right now. Okay. 
Yeah, I think we're back a little bit. Um, okay. All right. Well, you know, maybe, unfortunately, maybe we better end this before we, we lose each other completely. Uh, before we go, maybe you can tell us a little bit about where people can find you online. Sure. Um, you can always find me at my website, which is www.sydneybristol.com. I'm also on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash sydney.bristol.romance.author. And I am always on Twitter. I am Sydney underscore Bristol. Um, I am I am all over the place. You plug me into Google, you'll find me in ten different sites. Wow. Well, well, I, I look forward to uh, following your tweets and um, following up on your career. And hopefully, if I can break away from work um, next July, I will be in San Antonio. So maybe we can meet up for coffee or a roller derby. Maybe you can show me the roller derby scene in San Antonio. But um, Sydney, thank you so much for, for joining. You've just been an absolute pleasure. So, um, and maybe I can convince you to, to join us another time. Um, just wanted to remind everyone about some of my upcoming shows. Kelsey Browning will be my guest on Wednesday, September 11th. And on Wednesday, September 18th, I will have Tawny Weber. So those are two authors that I'm really, really looking forward to speaking with. Um, also wanted to remind everyone that The Devlin Witch... My fourth and final book in the Devlin Legacy series is out and available. It was released September 1st by Lyrical Press, and it's the very, very last of that series. So um, it's, it's bittersweet because I really just loved, loved my time in paranormal land, and, and um, I lived with my family of Irish witches for close to two years. So, um, but it's done. It's the final series. It will tie everything up. Um, so for those of you who have read the prior books in that series, Devil's Mountain, Devil's Shore, and Devil's Daughter, you now have the answers to all of your burning questions in The Devil and Witch. So please check that out. You can read ex- excerpts and reviews from all four of those books on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. There's also information on Lyrical Press's website as well. So thanks, everyone, for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh from Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.